This is The House Call. Welcome to The House Call Podcast. We're back. We're back. It's been a big week, big week. We're going to do something a little bit differently today. We're going to hit on some basketball stuff as well. First things first, the Los Angeles Lakers have officially acquired Patrick Beverly, now formerly of the Utah Jazz in a trade. The team announced on today, actually. The deal sends Talon Horton Tucker and forward Stanley Johnson to the Jazz in exchange for Patrick Beverly. So, and based off of Patrick Beverly's tweet here, woke up a Laker at 7.30 this morning. He's very excited to be there. And this really puts change in uh, change in effect in Los Angeles. Rob, what are your thoughts about this trade? I just think it's funny because him and his quarrels with uh, Mr. Russell Westbrook, and how practices are gonna go. I think it's gonna make. I think it's honestly gonna make the team better, because he likes to get under people's skin quite a bit, and he's a, he is a solid defender. But it's just gonna be. It's gonna be pretty interesting how uh, he said earlier that the the what the what the Lakers were missing was him. I was a free agent, and I played for the Lakers. I'm going to the playoffs. I'm going to the West Conference Finals. He was that, that, I guess, that floor general that they needed, and uh, now he's a Laker. Most definitely. I mean, he's going to fit in perfectly with uh, Coach Ham's philosophy of hard work, smart play. He's got that, quote-unquote, 3 and D style. So it seems like a perfect fit, almost. Now, the question is, the question of will he be coming off the bench and backing up Westbrook or whatever, it's just a wait and see, but there's a high chance something gets worked out to get Westbrook off that roster. It's just not working. It, it, it's just not working. So chances are Westbrook's not going anywhere. Uh, LeBron's been like he's happy. He, he's already tweeted about how he's happy to see him overcome all the adversity. There, he's not going nowhere. Okay. With that being said, let's keep it. Go- let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let GM. You know. You know how it goes, man. Let GM. I mean, it's also come out that LeBron was itching for Kyrie, too. So there's a lot of intangibles here. There's a lot of intangibles with what could happen with the Lakers. You know, it's LeBron's will be done, as they say. But moving forward, Oklahoma City Thunder, Chet Holmgren, is going to miss this coming season due to a foot injury. The number two overall pick in this past June's draft injured his Liz, uh, with a Liz Frank injury in his foot. He balled out recently. He's going to be out. Rob, what are your thoughts about Chet Holmgren missing uh, this coming season? I mean, he was—he has quite a bit of bravado about him coming out of college. He was supposed to be something like the next coming uh, player. It—it's—it it sucks for him, but I mean, he'll have his coming to the NBA come next year because he—he he really put the target on his back with some of the comments he was making before the season started. I do envision him bouncing back from this it just he's gonna have to put a little bit of meat on the bones because i mean look at steph curry coming out of college he had all types of angle injuries it's just this foot injuries it's just another way of well waking up like there's a different side of the nba comparative to college a little bit more harder just saying it seems like it's almost a freak injury in my personal opinion it happened in a pro-am game at a seattle pacific university on saturday he landed awkwardly attempting to guard uh, LeBron in transition. Kid's seven foot, 190 pounds, so I do agree. He's gonna have to definitely bulk up a little bit. But after that, uh, Jamal Crawford, who was hosting the game, ended up canceling 
the game before going into half due to slippery four conditions. So, you know, there's a lot of like shitty wrong place, wrong time type things. If you will. Which makes you believe like, do you really need to be playing in the off season if you are a star caliber talent? And he's he was a uh, he's definitely pretty damn good. Twenty three point seven rebounds, four or six blocks. That is not something to snuff at being in the summer league, and that's that, that was his debut numbers. But it, it's 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 crazy. We'll we'll see what hap- how what happens and how it unfolds. But um, I see I see this guy's limit for this kid. But like really, like with LeBron being on uh, floors during the off season and playing in like rec league, it's not necessary. Right, right. It's one of those things of like, yeah, it's fun and it's a. It is truly on the positive side a good way to keep yourself in shape and well-rounded, if you will. <coughs> but is the risk higher than the reward? To me, yes. But let's go ahead and continue on into our NFL news. In our first bit of NFL news, so Dallas Cowboys star left tackle Tyron Smith is unlikely to return before December after his left hamstring tore and came completely off the bone during Wednesday's practice. He's scheduled to have his surgery on Friday. So now Dallas starts off with a big old hole at the left tackle position. Perhaps it seems like things just always get worse for Dallas. Your thoughts uh, real quick. He's one of those guys that's just like, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the whole NFL. Losing him is uh, pretty significant. Uh, I didn't really have the Cowboys really making anything I, I mean, I have the Eagles winning the division this year, and this just makes it to where, like, the Eagles are probably just going to run away with it. You don't – look, if your offensive line is not good and you're missing star pieces on the line, I, although he's coming up in age, I just think that, like, it, it can reset, like, how everything operates, your run game, your pass blocking. It's just – it can really hurt you a lot. Right. I mean, it's now with feet. That just completely alters the dynamic of the run game. You know, are you, is Zeke really going to be as effective this season, or you know, is this going to be a do- truly down year for Zeke? You know, and for the passing game as well. You know, with Tyron Smith being gone, will Dak have enough time to make a good read and get out good passes, or will he be? You know, will he be rushed? So. It's another tough, another tough obstacle to overcome for those uh, Cowboys out there. But like, let's look at our next topic here. So J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president and former Browns center, has officially retired after nine seasons. Hell of a center, but unfortunately, sadly, it's on to the next chapter. I personally could have seen him going to Tampa Bay after injuries, but alas, not. Uh, not meant to be. One hell of a guy. Speaking of Tampa Bay as well, the Bucks actually cut uh, Cyril Grayson. Now, the special thing about Cyril Grayson is didn't play college football, was a track star. You know, Rob, what do you think about Cyril Grayson being cut? Got, you know, I mean, he he was kind of a long shot. Really didn't have some great hands, but whenever he catches the ball, it's kind of exactly what his old sport was, a track meet. He catches the ball, you're likely not catching him. And he had glimpses of being something special, but he was really just a long shot. I didn't see anything really happening. I was kind of praying for him. Uh, I did some track and field in, in my day, but uh, it, it, 
it goes as low. It goes to show you can't just all be all speed and expect to make the the NFL. I mean, look at John Ross. Look at some of these guys that have otherworldly speed, and they just it doesn't doesn't cut it. Most definitely, most def- most definitely. You know, the NFL's moved on from being you know where you could dominate with just your speed. Now, looking at another bit of news out of Philly here, the Philadelphia Eagles have traded Ugo Amadi to the Titans, so Tennessee gets themselves another slot corner. We'll, we'll see what comes of this, you know. We'll see what comes of this. But look at our next bit of news here. This is actually breaking news. So the Patriots have re- released Malcolm Butler from the injury reserve with an injury settlement, you know, at the 85-man deadline. Rob... What are your thoughts now that Malcolm Butler is officially off the roster? When I saw that, I was a little bit like, see, I, if it would have been like 2014 version, I would have been upset. But at this point, it's like he was doing pretty damn good in camp. But I just, I mean, I'm just talking as a Patriots fan. I, I would have loved to see him thrive and prosper. Maybe he comes back. Maybe, maybe it's just something that like it can't, he can't come back from. Uh, I don't know. It, it's I'm, I'm wishing the best for him. It sucks that we don't get the return that we wanted. Uh, donning a new number four, it just it sucks. It, I would I wish the best for him and hope that more things come from it. He had a pretty decent camp, but uh, it just makes the Patriots more thinner at cornerback. Uh, we move on to our next talk, topic. Let's take a quick break to uh, talk about our sponsors here. Sundays are a ritual in my house. One important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV. I love staying hydrated and Liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com and remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio. With what I was saying about Malcolm Butler, I mean, the Patriots are great at developing quarterbacks. You've seen it countless times. Gilmore falls off, injures his calf, JC steps up. Revis leaves, we are able to develop another. It's you know, court ever since the days of Tyler, we're the cornerback factory. So even without, I mean, Malcolm, even Edelman was even Edelman played cornerback for like a, a good like couple of weeks. It, it's, exactly, even Troy Brown, if you want to go back farther. So one way or another, we're going to be okay at cornerback without Malcolm Butler. You know, I trust Bill wholeheartedly with the cornerback and defensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, really. With that being said, let's look at another bit of breaking news here. So it's just come out, as we're doing this video, Denzel Mims of the New York Jets has uh, requested a trade. His agent has put out a statement, and to kind of sum it, sum it up, he said, it's just time. So Rob, with this guy being fresh in the NFL, not even, I think this is his second or third season as a, uh, in the NFL. What are your thoughts on him requesting a trade? I, I think um, he sees the talent around him and he's reading the writing on the wall. He sees that 
he's likely gonna be a third or fourth option. He's um, and if I'm going based off uh, my followers right now on the poll I got going on right now, 53% actually want him to be a Patriot. So if we can, uh, if he's on the trade market or and he's not gonna be released, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be completely against it. Just considering that uh, Tyquan Thornton went down recently and he may be a good fifth or sixth option. Just 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 some some uh, depth, just because we don't know what. Little Jordan Humphrey's going to be. We don't know what Trey Nixon's going to be at the next level. Right. I mean, my worry is, like, I I would be all for it with any team training for him, but I hope this guy doesn't have an ego, you know? I, it's just one of those situations of, like, yeah, he might have saw all the talent around him, but, like, some people that would have inspired them to, like, well, I'm going to work harder and show I'm better than this person. I'm going to earn that number one do my all I can to earn that number one or number two role. You know, I'm going to go out there and seize every opportunity instead of saying, well, I want to trade. That's just my personal opinion. You know, I just hope this isn't somebody trying to, you know, think they're something, something when they haven't really earned the title, you know, earned the uh, right to do that yet, if you know what I mean. But let's move forward here. So the Rams and the Bengals have been, uh, doing their joint practices recently and their most recent one just ended due to a joint practice ball a brawl excuse me now this one was a little bit more serious this one what is what is aaron donald doing is he picking notes out of miles garrett's uh <laughs> notebook or something right. he's this one ended with aaron donald swinging a, he- a helmet channeling his not a helmet Two helmets. Two he's helmets. doing. He's he's a dual wielder. Uh, this is hilarious, man. I look. How, who who made the choice that they're gonna put the Super Bowl matchup against each other? That that doesn't. What kind of nonsense is that? Yeah, let, th- there's no bad blood there at all. You didn't just embarrass the other team in the Super Bowl. Not that it's embarrassment. Just like it, you. This is a team you want to beat the shit out of. You don't put them in against each other in a joint practice. It, it didn't make sense. I don't know who uh, choreographed that, but it, it does go just goes to show you that like, uh, is this going to be a situation where Aaron Donald is going to get suspended? Because if I had to be the uh, one that slams down that gavel, I'm going to be advocating for at least like a couple games. He literally wailed on a couple people with the helmet, and you can hear it. You can. I'll play the video right now. Yeah. And with that, with that video, you could clearly see that 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 wasn't a love tap. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of. It seems like this season we've really seen a lot of brawls, uh, if you will, in these joint practices. So maybe I don't know if maybe they're going to start putting some more restrictions in place, or maybe some punishments being if uh, issued out. I don't know. But let's let's keep it going here. So Aaron Rodgers has received some praise from an interesting person. Sammy Watkins, who's been on teams with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, was asked to how the two compare. And he said, Pat is incredibly good, but Aaron Rodgers is on a whole other level. Rob, what are your thoughts on that? You got a back-to-back MVP versus another all-pro talent, former MVP himself. Look, there you could close your eyes and throw his darts at a dartboard and pick either one of these guys and you would not be a loser. But 
in the same sense, I don't know if it's just maybe the coaching. Because I do give a little bit more credit to Andy Reid than I would Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Malafleur is no slouch, but Aaron Rodgers has proven that he could play with McCarthy, who's the guy that just befuddled uh, uh, at the end of the game with the Cowboys and just has so many, like, boneheaded decision-making. I think if you switch the teams... I think it's crazy to say, but I think that the Chiefs are even more dominant with Aaron Rodgers. But like I said, both quarterbacks are damn good. I don't think Sammy Watkins is trying to make a slight at uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's just more like Patrick Mahomes has been in the league for, what, four years? Aaron Rodgers has been doing this for a long time. We want to see what – this is the, the prove-it year. I think if you switch rosters, I don't think Patrick Mahomes makes the playoffs. Especially being in that, that, that division he's in now, he's always had like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and all those stud track star wide receivers. And Andy Reid is a decision maker, and he's really the difference maker. He, I mean, look what he did with McNabb. I agree. I think it's a situation now, Patrick Mahomes, you can't, it's like, yes, he's a fantastic quarterback, but he's still a level below Aaron Rodgers. This season is really good, has the power to change that. If Mahomes balls out without Trav, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, I could definitely see him taking that next step in my mind. But if he has an absolute terrible season, you know, now with just Travis Kelsey being his big weapon, you know, he's still going to be below. Let's not all forget how he started the season. He was just throwing interceptions left and right. So, uh... And he doesn't have that safety blanket in Tyreek Hill anymore. Travis Kelsey's going to be get a lot of attention. Travis Kelsey's going to be double covered. I, I guarantee you all, all day long. You know, look at that uh, Super Bowl against the Bucks. Look at what happened when the Chiefs were struck. Look at what happened when he had pressure in his face. You know, he really couldn't do much. It's like, I what truly makes a great quarterback is when they're can they adapt and continue to change as the time in the game changes. Aaron Rodgers has, sh- has shown that he can do that easily. And what I think is with that division, though, it's 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 kind of a bad storm that he kind of ran into. He's He's got a tough division, for one. He doesn't have that safety blanket. And he really, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers has an ego. Patrick Mahomes is so full of himself. He's making behind-the-back passes for what reason? Mm-hmm. But but that that's just my maybe I'm just a hater I don't know I I think that like I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league I just think that like let's see if this humbles him. I think Patrick Mahomes does get a lot of like unwarranted hate as well because you look at like what goes on with the Chiefs he gets hate for his brother his wife. Oh no, his brother's a damn numbskull. Oh I- my god. His wife is too. I know you can throw the clip in here of last season, his wife dumping water on the Ravens fans after they they lost, you know, and we've all seen the video of his wife freaking out after uh, his Super Bowl win, which was flat out annoying. But let's move forward here. So one of our bigger topics, Kyle Shanahan was asked about what he's going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo as cut down day approaches, you know, Will he cut him, cut him, or keep the QB on his $24.2 million base salary on the roster? And he responded to that question with any scenario is possible. So 
Rob, it seems you would have thought Jimmy G would be the first guy to get traded this offseason, but he's still a 49er. What do you think is going to happen? What are your thoughts? I think they're waiting way too long. If they wanted to get any sort of, like, any sort of anything from him they should have traded him a long time ago now you're at kind of latter portion of the season you kind of either stuck with sticking with him i don't know how much guaranteed money he has if you could look that up real quick brandon but i know that like no team's gonna want a guy that i get it he's a winner he gets you where you need to go but maybe it's a little bit of kyle shanahan kyle shanahan did pretty damn good with the matt ryan leg uh falcons and i think that Jamie Garoppolo in big moments really kind of shriveled under under the spotlight. And he was, I mean, with that defense the 49ers had, they were just very good. And I think that you have any other quarterback, they probably win that game in the Super Bowl. I think. Oh, he's out. He's out. Goodbye. He's only got, he's only got seven, seven million guaranteed. Goodbye. I, I don't. I don't know why there's a conversation. They they think that they're gonna get something for it. No, not that happening. That being said, I'm gonna offer an inverse of your situation. You might say they waited too late, but think about if something happened like this. Let's say you have a team and you have a catastrophic quarterback injury. Like I'm talking, your quarterback tears their ACL, goes down for the season. Your backup is just piss poor, or he gets hurt too. You are in desperate need of a starting caliber quarterback. Let's say Cleveland. Let's take scratch that. Let's say Cleveland. Brissett plays terrible. Josh Dobbs terrible. They're in a dire situation for a quarterback because they need someone because it won't be week eleven until Deshaun's back. Do you make the call? If you do, they make the call. You know the 49ers are sitting. Maybe the 49ers are thinking someone's desperately going to need the quarterback and. They're going to basically give us whatever they want just to get Yeah, it. but how desperate are you? Look at his number. 68.3 passing completion percentage, 38-10 in yards, 3,810. What am I saying? 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 98.7 passer rating. Uh, I know a quarterback who is was a rookie last year, had similar, not similar numbers to him, and didn't have quite the cap hit. Mac Jones. I'm not trying to say I'm because I'm a Mac Jones fan, Patriots fan, whatever. I'm saying that, like, what are you really willing to give up for a guy that's just, like, not much better than a rookie coming out of college? Uh, do you maybe wait it out? Because the Giants, I'm sorry to cut you off, Brandon. Yeah, the Giants, Falcons, and maybe the Seahawks. Those are three teams I think that sh- could trade for him. But are you willing to give up the opportunity for maybe a Bryce Young or a, a C.J. Stroud or some of these other stud quarterbacks that are coming out that when you look around, they're not as riddled by injury as him, and they're, they have a lot more arm talent. But, I mean, let's look at it this way, though. Yes, you made the comparison of Mac between Jimmy. You know, Mac, yeah, he hasn't had his chance yet. Jimmy's a proven winner. Jimmy's got you to – he's got to the okay. Niners to Super Bowls. I'll give you the inverse. If look, look at the numbers. Look at the talent discrepancy. Debo Samuel, George Kittle – the running backs like it's Ayuk. you give that to to mac jones last year you think they don't go to the super bowl mac has better numbers most definitely oh no he's gonna lap him i think he has at least 42 4300 yards and i think he has well over 30 touchdowns look and it's not saying that just because i'm trying to he was the most pro ready quarterback coming out of the draft 
And he proved it by being the best quarterback. And I think he's still going to be the best quarterback coming out of this draft going to his second year. But the numbers, like Jimmy Garoppolo has those numbers with that cast. If he comes and plays with the cast that we had last year, I don't think he even touches Max numbers. I agree, but I mean, now, let's say he goes to Seattle where he's got a DK, he's got a Tyler Lockett, he's got a pretty, even though Chris Carson's gone, he's got a pretty good running game, you know, to me, take out quarter, you know, Noah Faint as well. But this is how I see it. Are you willing to sacrifice getting a top five pick, top 10 pick for a guy that like he may or may not be able to be available because of durability? Like durability is really is the best ability to have. If you're not able to be durable and not only that, like Martellus Bennett came out recently saying that this guy's a you know what and he doesn't play through injury, which we've seen. He, he probably stubbed his pinky toe and didn't want to play and and the guy just does it last minute and that's why Jacoby Brissett was thrown into the fire my thing is if he go if he goes to Seattle for certain they're going to need to upgrade their offensive line for durability and also and then at this point like it's not even worth it the way I see a deal for him working out is I see it's going to be something of a lot of uh Late round, late round picks. That's how I see the deal working out because I feel like whoever gets him, he's going to be, how do you say this, a uh, holdover. He's probably going to be like someone who finishes out the season and then is the mentor for the rookie that's drafted. Like similar to what he did for Trey Lance almost. Yeah. I think the best situation he could go to right now is the Steelers. You have an upcoming offense, you have a stud defense and it would just work they're, they're a team that if they add him they they could possibly make a Super Bowl that's how I see it I don't look at Mitch Trubisky as anything special Kenny Pickett you go you have the bridge gap of Jimmy Garoppolo to Kenny Pickett and there you go let the story write itself at least you build a culture at that point of winning okay fair enough I could definitely see that working you know I'm curious to see how that would go I'm curious to see where he ends up and how he fares where he where he ends up, but I can. It seems like his whole situation is he can't, especially coming off soldier soul, shoulder surgery. If I can talk today, he cannot go to a situation to where he has to the offense has to bear a brunt of a load and responsibility. He has to go somewhere with a strong defense. So you know to really I E Steelers, out. yeah. So like all the other teams are just like not. Like, they're a quarterback away, I feel. Let's definitely see what happens with uh, Jimmy this season. But let's look, look ahead here. So it's come out that Lamar has kind of put a deadline on uh, the contract negotiations of week, week one. If it doesn't happen by week one, not dealing with it for the rest of the season. Personally, I like it. I think that shows once the regular season starts, strictly business, it's football, He's focused on making the getting the Ravens into the best possible position, which is a great, great thing. And that's something I think a lot more quarterbacks in contract situations should take heed of. Rob, what are your thoughts on what Lamar has said? I, I don't blame him. What I do is I like his leadership. Like that type of stuff where it's like, okay, I, I get it. Like he's trying to push the distraction away. I get it. Like he really wants a new contract, but he's like, I'm going to get paid regardless I just rather talk about when it needs to be talked about. And you think that the Ravens are gonna try to give him money? They're not. It, there's just more incentive to not do it, 
the guy doesn't want to talk about it in midseason. Why, why talk about midseason? So they're not going to pay him until they have to pay him. Look, the shelf life of a quarterback is anywhere between three and five years. Actually, not even quarterback. Just the NFL in general. Uh, he was MVP. When he won his MVP, run, ran with rushing record 1,200 yards, 3,200 um compile more or more yards on the ground and he played he, they were 14 and 2 he's uh he had significantly worse year but albeit that he had 12 games played and he didn't look quite like the quarterback he's 16 touchdowns 13 interceptions so and you don't have a better cast of talent losing marquise brown to the arizona cardinals it's going to be definitely more interesting to see how, whether or not like we're going to get old Lamar or are we going to get, because he does look pretty damn jacked now. Uh, or are we going to get a guy that's just a shell of himself? And look at RG3 once he went down. I know it's not, it's not even remotely comparable, but just when you don't have that aspect to be able, able to like run the ball, or maybe he might be a little bit more gun shy considering he got hurt. Like I said, I've said this in the past before, he needs to de uh, develop a Russell Wilson mindset he needs to stop going for contact like josh allen he needs to try to run out of bounds length his career i can definitely agree with that you know i think lamar needs to go for longe longevity not truly you know padding his stats and looking as great as he can now you know i do think he's gonna get his money i don't see foresee a situation where he leaves baltimore I think he's Baltimore through and through. I think this is just a situation of when, not if. With that being said, something I want to hit on that did make me laugh that happened today. So the Patriots are having their joint practices with the Raiders. And it's come out that a lot of Patriots players are identifying the Raiders' offensive plays from the sideline and just easily <laughs> apart the Raiders' offense. We all know who their coach is. Mr. Colt, Josh McDaniel. You know. Third and twenty-five. It's a fucking screen. <laughs> Look, man. Literally at this point. Look, he's he. You're surprised? Are you surprised? How could you be surprised? You literally, it's literally what? It's Patriots AFC West. Uh, you 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 got Brandon Bolden over there. You got Jakob Johnson. You brought everything that you even brought. Freaking Dave Ziegler over there. You everything about your concepts and how you're going to run that offense and how you're going to run that team you're going to try it's like how how bill o'brien when he when he was with the texans they're trying to make a culture there that's uh the the patriots west or whatever and it look they know what you're going to do because i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it won your super bowls did it not albeit that was on the coattails of tom brady what i thought was pretty funny though Devontae adams on the first day of uh, training, uh, I guess the joint practice, he owned Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills was a safety converted cornerback after only being a safety primarily, primarily his whole fucking career with the Eagles. Now coming to Patriots, one year cornerback. I think it's a bright spot a little bit. Maybe I'm just being a little, um, I'm analyzing uh, joint practice a little too much, but he finished 3-0 and against them. 3-0. and Most definitely. Let me put it this way, and this is going to sum up this and a lot of other things. Every Belichick assistant, whatever, who went on to be a head coach, always failed because they tried to replicate what Belichick does. They always try and become Belichick. They don't try and implement their own personal ideas or uh, mentality or whatever. It's literally everything has to be Belichicky. 
uh, Belichick light, Belichick Jr. This is why I guarantee, mark my words, Josh McDaniels will not last long term in the, the desert because he just tried, he's trying to replicate what was successful for him in New England. It's if like, they really were smart, they really should have gone after Sean Payton. That is literally the perfect, he's a genius and would have been, he would have flourished. That offense would have erupted. And I, if they had Sean Payton, I'd make them a Super Bowl favorite. I agree. What Josh McDaniels probably did, like, to go way back, it came out during his interview for the head coaching position. He drew up this fantastic um, offensive playbook using Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. What he probably did is he probably took his old Patriots playbook from when he had Bronk and Hernandez or Bronk and Bennett uh, erase the Patriots and just wrote in Las Vegas Raiders. That's probably what he did. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But like the I thing mean, is you had one anomaly, uh, uh, number 12, one anomaly, just saying. The issue is with McDaniels is, it's like I said earlier, can't adapt. That's why we were all frustrated with him last season. He couldn't adapt. Patriots offense became almost too predictable. You could look at the formation and say, ah, oh, not even the formation. Who's on the field? Brandon, Rob, if Brandon Bolden's on the field, what's going to happen? So, okay, so it depends. If it's third and two, which I've seen this too many fucking times. Third and two, it's a misdirection run to the right. He'll faint like he's going left and he'll go right. And by the time you did that, the fucking linebackers or D-line's already in the backfield. That's a three and out. Or, it was like, it was a third and 25. It's a fucking screen. And not even a screen to, like, a James White or a Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson, albeit that James White was out. Didn't make it any less predictable. It would be a third and 25 to a screen to Brandon Bolton, who, I mean, like, it didn't make any sense. Hatback dives on third and two. On third and 25, at this point, you need to air it out. You're you're running a screen. You run the chance of like, and it was just so predictable. That like you said, the formations were just like, okay, we know what's gonna happen. Yeah, look, yeah, Johnu Smith, who's primarily one of the best yards after catch guy. Why not throw him? If you're gonna run a fucking screen, throw him in there. Exactly. You have speed. Why not use it? Like, you know, you have all these yards. He, I mean, look to the similarities of Aaron Hernandez. Run. Johnny Smith, like Aaron Hernandez, was run. Exactly. Like, you you have all these great toys out there, but you don't want to let them out to their full capability and full, uh, you know, potential. Now, this has been the House Call Podcast signing off. Remember, you can't watch the videos on YouTube. You want to listen to something as you're going on a walk, you're going on a drive, you need a podcast to listen to. Good news. We're on Spotify. So go give us a listen on Spotify. All your social medias, your TikToks, your Twitter, your Instagram, we're there. Keep your eyes on the channel. We've got giveaways coming. 500 subs. We're giving away that vintage Matt Ryan jersey. Who doesn't want a jersey? I mean, come on, vintage too? And it's like, it's for free. At this point, like if you're not subscribing, you're 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 fooling yourself. We're, we're closing, closing in on 250 subs. That's a, that's a benchmark for us. Exactly. I want to let you know about that jersey as well. This isn't some screen printed nonsense. Rob's seen this jersey. I've told you before. This is the authentic quality. This is the stuff they're wearing on the for free. On for free. Table. How do you not? Couple four hundred dollar jersey for free. I'll pay. I'm paying the shipping out of my own pocket. 
Who doesn't want it? You want it? Like it up to 400. Subscribe up to 400 subs. We'll get you there. With that being said, this has been the House Call Podcast. Signing off. I don't see Brady and Gruden having a good relationship. Just, I feel like the two really wouldn't mix well. The thing, the thing is, though, all those.